you're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. Welcome in everyone to this next gen episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Matt Beck, Kyle Lynch. I don't know why I said their names in that order. We've never done that before, but it's next-gen time, so we're <laughs> going to do things differently, maybe. So you know what? We're also going to talk to Matt first instead of Kyle. So, Matt, let's talk oh. about it, man. Next-gen consoles are finally out. Xbox, yep. PlayStation, first up, let's talk about the new Xbox Series X, and for me and Kyle, the Series S. Matt, what are some of your thoughts so far on it? All right. Well, obviously, the first thing I'm going to point out is the size. Like, I I yes. knew this thing. I knew this thing was going to be huge. And when I I pulled out of the box, I literally felt like I was pulling out a brick, like a big old brick. And I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I was a little intimidated by that because that is the biggest thing that I have ever owned. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I love the design of it. Um. I think at first I was very skeptical when they first announced it back at the uh, Game Awards uh, last year, but I I have come to fall in love with the design. It's very simplistic, uh, and it's got a lot of like you know uh, crooks and nannies like uh, in the back. You know you got the Ethernet cable cord, HDMI cords, and then I also noticed where the uh, SSD expansion goes, which uh, I won't get that for a while. Uh, I don't feel like paying it because you know coughing up another 200 bucks or so for some extra extra room um but yeah I, I i hooked it up and i got to finally experience the startup like i've been watching the videos of it with the uh journalists getting on the first hand and I, just to get, to, uh, get getting to experience for for myself was really nice and then how smooth uh compared to the uh, xbox one x that i had previously how smooth the uh the uh, ui is it's fantastic i'm gonna praise the uh the uh the quick share button which is actually really nice because i've been using it like when i got my playstation 4 way back and they had that instant share button i i loved it too so it's really nice to have that and then the quick resume is where i'm gonna really get into it um so i you know play assassin's creed uh, valhalla which is a fantastic game which i highly recommend and um i'll switch over to one of my game pass games it, it is on the fly the low times are just as they've been saying. It is it is great. This this is next gen right here. I agree. I think that there's a lot to love about this Xbox, and there there's one thing that's very very clear about Xbox when you compare the next gen Xbox and the next gen PlayStation. One side very much went for the simplicity of it all. They very much went for the if it's not broke, don't fix it, and it's like that with the right. controller. It's like that with the exact systems. I mean, when you look at a Series S or a Series X the look doesn't really stand out to you because it is very basic. It is very minimalistic, but mm -hmm. that works. It works. You know, I've often have described the series S that I lovingly have. And I, I love my series S I've described it as the, uh, the drive-through speaker because that's what it looks like. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I think that there's a lot to love, especially because I think the series X and the series S both have their advantages. I think the series X is a great console for somebody, and it, this is nothing new, what we're saying, but I think the Series X is great if this is your primary gaming console. It is fantastic mm -hmm. as that. It's it's a gaming machine. It's powerful with the 12 teraflops. 
It's got the 4K gaming and can apparently support up to 8K, but who has an 8K TV? Certainly not any of not us because we're poor. But, <laughs> but it's one of those things where that's that's a power machine. And then you go over to the Series S, which me and Kyle have. And Kyle, I think that the Series S is great specifically for me and you because I think that, one, you love buying your games digitally. That's just you. Yeah. But two, this was always going to be my Call of Duty, my NBA 2K, and my Cyberpunk machine. And now it's turned into my Assassin's Creed Valhalla machine instead of Call of Duty because I got that on PlayStation 5. But <laughs> it, it, it's great for what it does. It looks better. You know, it looks basically, if you get the Series S, it is an upgrade from, I'd say, the Xbox One S. And it it's kind of up there, a little bit above the One X. But what have you thought about your Series S so far, Kyle? Uh, I think I think we all got a uh, Valhalla on Xbox, and we I've been playing that as well. Yes, and it it's beautiful. I mean, I gotta I gotta praise them for the ray tracing. It's I know a lot of people, you know, are uh, not thinking it's really that big of a deal, but it you know when you when you got games that are huge and open world like Valhalla that are built to be just massive, gorgeous worlds. Ray tracing makes a difference, you know, and the load times, they are so yes. uncomparably fast. They mm-hmm. were not kidding. Like, this whole time, they've been talking about the load times, and they weren't, dude, they weren't lying. They're so nice, and it, it's really cool to go between games, like Matt was saying, from, you know, a Game Pass game to, uh, you know, I'm going to switch over to a multiplayer game, then playing with some friends, then, you know, I'll hop on to, you know, maybe some Assassin's Creed to play. And it's nice that you don't have to go through all of the boot-up menus and, you know, trying to suffer through the, you know, sometimes five-minute load times just to get into the game. It's just instant. Mm-hmm. You're already in right back where you paused the game. It's I, – I love mine. I think it's awesome. And it the size of it, too. Like, it's – Yes. I, I was – I could not believe it was really that small. That's just insane. I have – for a size comparison, it is – I think around the same size as the PlayStation one that I own. So that, that to put that in perspective, it's that much. That's how far this hardware has come is that, you know, it's just slightly bigger, maybe even slightly smaller, give or take a little bit, uh, than a PlayStation one, but it's so much more powerful. It runs better games. And I have to say this, that as much as people will rave about Valhalla or any of the games that are currently available on only PlayStation, uh, as a sports person, I have to rave about how good NBA 2K21 looks on here because it's probably the best-looking game I've seen on next-gen, uh, barring one that me and Kyle will talk about later when we talk about PlayStation. But 2K21 runs really, really smooth on there, and as a sports fan that was hoping that this game would get an upgrade from last-gen to now, it looks awesome, and I love it. I think that there – now, we mentioned advantages with both systems – I do think there's disadvantages with both systems as well. Again, $500 is $500. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to cough up a lot of money to get a Series X. And that's not to say that the Series X isn't worth $500. I'm sure it is. But not everybody has $500 just kind of sitting around. I mean, it's also that how big it is. I mean, we've said this. We've made this joke so many times. The developers at, at Microsoft and Sony did not give a crap about anybody's entertainment centers. They did not <laughs> care because they designed their main consoles to throw all of that out the window. The PS5, for example, I know most, most everyone that I know that has gotten one, I don't know anybody that is putting it in landscape mode, but I know everybody that's putting it in tower mode. And 
that's partly because it just looks better in tower mode, but I, it's just crazy to think that, you know, the Xbox One, or the Xbox Series X, it, it looked so much bigger when it was first revealed, and it's not as big as we thought it was going to be, but it's still a hefty console. And that's the biggest thing. And I, I, Matt, I'm, I'm hoping that you haven't vaped into yours yet, like we saw all the videos on uh, <laughs> Twitter. I hope you're smarter than that. I think that's the one funny thing that's come out of all this is uh, Xbox saying, we can't believe, on Twitter, we can't believe we have to actually tweet this, but please don't vape into the back of your Series X. And that's just to me when I saw that. That's 2020 in a nutshell right there. Now, I'm interested to get your take on this next part because the Series S is a great budget console for many, many reasons. But there's a major drawback that's been talked about to death, and we're going to talk about it here. And that is ultimately uh, the storage size. The storage size is a problem, uh, especially when Call of Duty Col Black Ops Cold War is 200 gigs after you download everything and install everything. Uh, the Series S only comes with, after the operating system installed, only comes with 360 gigs of storage. So right out the gate, you're talking about Call of Duty taking up, you know, two-thirds of that, or a little under two-thirds of that. I mean, it's one of those where, Kyle, I think I'm kind of frustrated that if I want more space, at this point, my only option is a $220 Seagate uh, expansion card. Yeah, it's kind of annoying because I, you know, I've been downloading my games digitally for a long time, and having an external hard drive was what always saved me. I have a three terabyte external hard drive because digital games are big, and when yes. you have a console that is primarily digital, this thing should have came with two terabytes of space. I know that's asking for a lot, but when you're telling me that I can have about five games at a time on this thing, unless I want to spend two hundred more dollars when I could have just bought the Series X for $200 more to get, you know, more storage space, it kind of defeats the purpose of having an all-digital console because you're, you're just making them buy more stuff. And then eventually, you know, even then, I don't... What are the... What's the highest storage on the Seagate cards? Do we know? Uh, one terabyte. One terabyte is 220 bucks. That is the one that... It, it's the wow. only one that we know of right now that is compatible with the Series S and Series X. Mm -hmm. So, so there's only and there's only one. See, you basically only get one terabyte extra of storage because I think there's only one slot on the Series S, or is there two? Uh, uh, on the Series X, I don't know, but on the Series S, there's only one. So you only get only one terabyte one. of storage extra. That's on top. Of, that's bad. That's really bad, honestly. That's. I mean, I, I think I, it's one of those. I think <laughs> that the way I've tried to justify it is, I don't know if they could have launched. That series is at its price point without oh yeah compromising on storage and I mean Matt you mean you Matt you tell me you're the one with the Series X do you think one terabyte at this point in gaming is one terabyte because even with Matt we have to think about this also that one terabyte that they advertise is not really one terabyte it's no, not, it's not a terabyte no. because you have to factor in the operating system and once you do that you're actually down to closer to around 800 gigabytes so do you think that is enough space? No, I do not, uh, I, especially because the games coming out in the future that we're all interested in are are going to be fairly big games. Like Valhalla itself was a pretty big game, even I have it on the disc. And I'm only trying to imagine how much space um, Cyberpunk is going to take up next month. Oh, and uh, the, the reports are that it's going to be about 70 gigs. Those are the reports. Yeah, I, I just can't fathom like I the 
Series S owners having to, you know, download Valhalla or not uh, Valhalla as well, but uh, Cyberpunk and expecting to have any space left after that. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where I think that that's the only frustrating thing with the Series S is I really wish that it would have come with just a little bit more stories, but at the same time, uh, I've made my compromises. I, I'm a fan of both consoles. You know, I'm a fan of the Series S and the Series X. Oh, yeah, and the so controller on the se- on on is they made small improvements to the controller that I really like, such as you know finishing out the D pad and offering that elite controller style D pad. The grips mm-hmm. on the triggers, the grips on uh, the handle of the controller. It just it feels good, and I think that. The only way it could have been even better, and I mean, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, Microsoft has got to stop being so money hungry and has got to start launching these with rechargeable batteries. Yeah, because that's agree. getting that's that is an act that is getting old. That's an act that is getting really, really old. Is oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna continue making it uh, take double A batteries instead of just giving us like what Nintendo gave us with the Joy Cons and the Pro Controller and what. The PlayStation has been giving us since the PlayStation 3. I mean, it's a rechargeable controller that, yeah, it takes a long time to charge, but it works. That's the only gripe there is the storage size and the fact that the controller isn't going to battery. Or, you know, you have to use batteries for it. So unless you cough up, you know, money for a charging station like me and Matt have both done. But aside from that, I think we can call the Xbox launch a success. I think that it's been really good and... I think that we're all looking forward to playing these Xboxes for the next generation. It's certainly going to be interesting to see what the, the you know the mid cycle update for the Series X is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of trying to picture like what a mm-hmm. uh, a Series X Pro kind of thing would look like, but I don't know. Maybe they make it into a pyramid this time instead of a fridge. Who knows, dude? I'd buy but, it. Yeah, I actually wanted to say just a quick congratulations to Microsoft because uh, Phil Spencer actually tweeted out that the Xbox Series X and S has been the biggest launch for Xbox, and especially during with how this year has been. I think that's fantastic. It's a good win for sure in the video game industry. Now we transition into what I believe to be the winners, the early winner of this console generation, and that's the PlayStation 5. And Kyle, we've obviously both got ours. And yes. I think it's safe to say we're both loving this console so far. Now, the first impression of this console, for sure, when you open it and take it out of the box, holy crap, is it massive. Oh, yeah. that This thing is... I, I, I actually c- compared it to my PC. The thing is actually as tall as my PC. It's not as wide, but it's a big console. It's absurd kind of how big, and it does kind of look like the Wi-Fi router, but, you know, I think whereas we were talking about the uh, the Xbox and how they they kind of stuck with a more minimalistic approach, and if it's not broke, don't fix it. I think PlayStation really came out and made a statement with not just the PlayStation, but also the different accessories. You know, you look at the Meteor remote and the charging station and the headset. You look at all of it, and it all is designed very similarly to how – the PlayStation 5 looks. And I like that. I like that it's symmetrical across the board like that, that they're all kind of going for that look. But Kyle, we can't talk about accessories without talking about the most important one of all when it comes to gaming. And my God, is it a winner? And it is the DualSense controller. That controller yes. is without a doubt the nicest one I've ever owned. Oh yeah, I was blown away by this controller. I cannot believe how just futuristic this thing feels it's it's so unbelievable that they really put in this much work. I feel like 
this is like the upgraded version of the Switch Pro controller because the Switch Pro controller's got the HD rumble, but this yes. is just next level. The adaptive triggers, the haptic feedback, I mean it's just and and the feel of it, it feels meaty like it it it's got a little bit of weight to it, but it feels good in your hands. It's like you know, I can't snap this thing in half. Like with the DualShock, <laughs> I, you know, it's very light. You know, and I liked it, but I like how this one just feels in your hands. It's, oh my god, it's just amazing. It feels expensive, and the cliche way to put it is that it feels next gen. It feels very much like I am in a new generation of gaming when I am using this controller. It very much feels like this is certainly a step up from the DualShock because the DualShock. I think what a lot of people didn't like about the DualShock, and it was a good controller, but I think that a lot of people didn't like that it felt very, very cheap. It felt very, very cheap, and it was still a $60 controller. It was expensive still. Whereas the Xbox One really nailed their controller. Their controller was nearly perfect. But the DualSense, it's what you said that really sticks out is the, the haptic feedback, the adaptive triggers. I played, you know, the... Call of Duty Cold War campaign on this, and we've played some zombies on PlayStation. And when you when you're you know firing a weapon on there, it feels you know you can feel the tension when you're actually pressing the button. And then if you're in moments in the game where you're not supposed to be firing your gun, the trigger will resist you trying to push it. It will yeah, literally cool. sit there, and it'll make it harder for you to push it. And I've heard other people say that if you play a game where your gun jams at any point, you'll feel it in the controller. And that's, that's something that's cool. really, really interesting, and it's cool. And I think that the best part of the controller, 100%, is just that this is the base controller. Like, oh, this yeah. is not an Elite Series. This is not an over-the-top expensive controller. It's 70 bucks. Yeah, it's a little pricey. But when you actually hold the controller in your hands, you can tell this thing is super nice. I think we were talking about it a few days ago, and... We, I said that it's one that I can't believe this is only $70. I can't yeah. believe they're only charging that. I would pay 100 for this because, and, and think that I'm getting my money's worth because it is so worth it. But of course, Kyle, what's a gaming system and a great controller and a great headset and anything else? What is all that without great games? The answer, it's an Xbox Series X. But, uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> just kidding. But... <laughs> but the games also, the lineup has been really good. We've been waiting for months for this lineup to come out. And now that it's here, I think this lineup is an overall success. Yeah, there's a dud that I'll get to here in a second. But, I mean, I think that this is a lineup that we're going to look back on. And we might call this one of the best launch lineups of all time. Absolutely. And, like, not even, not even you know, the games that are coming out that we have to pay for, but the fact that they launched this with again we've been talking about a lot back and forth Astro's Playroom. Yes. It's it's a short game. It's you know, it's a, it's a small game that kind of really was made just to, you know, show you how the controller works, you know, how all the new, you know, feels of it and all the all the new things it can do and I think it's really cool that they included all of this stuff in there, you know, like just it was a whole nostalgia trip going back through the generations of PlayStation and it was kind of like a little thank you from them. You know, for being a fan all these years, it it feels like Sony really connects with their fans. And that's something that, you know, I don't feel like we get a lot from Microsoft. But, dude, it's... it's it, and it was free. I would pay for this game. I would yes. pay 
I'd pay 40 bucks to play this game, and they gave it to us for free. You know, and that's just the beginning. Then we get into, you know, Miles Morales, you know, Destruction's All, Destruction All-Stars that got delayed. Um, <laughs> we've got Cyberpunk coming out that's going to look great on the PS5 and on the Xbox. We've got, you know, um, uh, Sackboy. I have not... I, I don't know if I want to pick that up for Christmas or not, because I know you're getting it on Christmas. I kind of, I don't know. I want to, I want to experience it with you guys. I haven't decided on that one yet. But I think that all of what you just said is so true. Is that there's definitely a a loving feel that we get from Sony when it comes to the games they put out. You can definitely tell, especially in the exclusives, that they care. Their studios care about what they do. And it's why in the PS4 generation, we got games such as Spider-Man PS4, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Last of Us Part 2. We got so many great, Bloodborne also. We got so many great exclusives. And it felt like every one of them had their place with different gamers who love different genres. But they were all done with love. They were all done with clear passion. And that's the best part of all this is that there's so many games that I think are going to come out that are going to be great, but this launch lineup, Miles Morales, for those, I, I heard someone say that they'd heard mixed results or mixed reviews about Miles Morales. There's nothing mixed about it. It is a fantastic single-player experience. It is a I'm great game. I binged it all this past Sunday, and I loved every second of it. I think that what they did with characters was really cool. I think seeing some villains that we haven't seen in this universe just yet was awesome. I think that the way they the way that they portrayed Miles Morales and they showed off his his Spanish heritage is really really cool. I liked how they showcased that 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 is that responsibility as Spider Man that you know he's left by himself after you know Peter Parker is you know leaves on vacation early on in the game. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played the game. You know they showcase that really well of. This responsibility of being Spider-Man that, you know, you're never going to be perfect as Spider-Man. You're, you're going to make mistakes. You're going you're gonna to screw up over the years. But all you, all, all you have to do is just give your all to protect the city. And I love that. I love how it showcased just that kind of coming-of-age story of him becoming Spider-Man. And all of that, not to say that I think, I think that that and while that and Astro's player are both great, let me tell you, and for anybody that thinks this is a hot take, I will die on this hill. Uh, Demon Souls is the best exclusive PlayStation Five has, in my opinion. I think okay. Demon Souls. I think it is fantastic. I think they nailed this game. I think that for a newcomer to the series, you can pick this game up, play it, and not feel overwhelmed. And that's important in Souls games. I I have I'm still so early on in the game, but I can't wait to hop back in after we record this and play even more. Like it's that fun, and it looks great too. I can only imagine what this game would look like, you know, on a 4K 4K resolution monitor where it's got all the all of, you know, the bells and whistles that these next gen games have. Obviously, I don't know a 4K TV, but I love the way it is now. In fact, the only complaint that we have about PlayStation, besides or the only complaint I have about PlayStation, besides you know the launch because it's not been smooth. <laughs> uh, Honestly, is Godfall as a game? Is Godfall is just kind of boring, and I mean, I've played about three hours of it, and I'm not really itching to get back on it anytime soon. I'll play it and I'll beat it, but it's kind of it's kind of whatever for seventy dollars. It's not really worth it. But 
I mean, I just think that this console is so great. It looks expensive. It runs well. The load times are just as fantastic. It's incredible that I can go from my console being completely off to standing on a perch as Miles Morales in under a minute. That's so cool. Yeah. That's I I got to say my my only complaint is the controller battery. Oh it, yeah. Like uh, it is it does not charge or doesn't hold the charge for very long, which isn't bad cuz you can always just buy another controller, keep one on the charger, which I'm obviously going to do. But man, dude, it does not last long and I feel like it's because they added so much new stuff. Obviously, it's probably using a lot more power than the DualShock was. So naturally we can expect it to not hold as much of a charge but hopefully they come out you know if they come out with uh a more expensive one if they come out with like a hundred dollar version that holds you know say a 24 hour charge i'd buy it i'd absolutely buy it you know this controller is just it's amazing it's, it would definitely be worth it and i hope i, I hope that we see something like that it's one that I'd love to see an expensive controller that kind of takes what the pro controller for the switch and which shout out to power a because they make excellent, you know, excellent accessories for consoles What what they include with their Xbox uh, series SX charging stand is they include two lithium batteries for you and lithium batteries, which is what the pro controller uses. Those have 40 hour lives at full charge. So maybe we see a more expensive version that uses lithium batteries. Who knows? Because that seems to be what I think a lot of companies are starting to kind of smooth towards is that more, that lengthier life to where that way you're not having to charge it as often. So uh, I definitely would love to get a charging station and a second controller just because, man, I love this controller. Love this system. I think that this has, it's not been the smoothest launch, but then again, I mean, that's just kind of 2020 in a nutshell. It's just, it happens. It is what it is. Um, if you don't own either of the consoles, let me tell you, they're, they're worth the wait. And once you own them, you'll be very appreciative, and that wait will have been worth it. Because I think the PS5 is quickly becoming one of my favorite consoles of all time. I think the Series S is a perfect, perfect secondary console. And the Series X, obviously, is the most powerful thing out there. It's an absolute unit. So I think that these guys, Microsoft and Sony, when it came to the actual consoles themselves, they nailed it. They're both great, and all this to not talk about the PS5 Digital Edition, which comes with all the bells and whistles of the PS5. You're just losing a disk drive. You don't. You have the same amount of storage and all that. You still get Astro's Playroom and all that, so it's still good. So all four consoles, I feel like there's a good market for each of them, and at the end of the day, it just matters like what you play, what kind of games you prefer, and how often you game. That's how you should decide how you get one of these, but we love them. We're super, we're super, super hyped that this time is finally here. We've been waiting for the next gen, and we can't wait to talk about it more. But that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Side Mission, and check us out on Twitter, at Side Mission Pod. For Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Open Podcast Center.